Associate Artistic Director of the Drama League. And I'm Gabriel Stelian-Shanks, the Artistic Director of the Drama League. And this is Hashtag Collaboration, a window into the unique magic that happens when artists come together around a special, singular idea. It's how masterpieces are made. A director and the extraordinary writers, designers, performers, and producers that share their vision. For more episodes, just visit dramaleague.org and click on Digital Series, or search for The Drama League wherever you find your podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're new to us, The Drama League is a not-for-profit home for stage directors and the audiences who enjoy their work on stage, in films, on television, and across the internet. During the pandemic, we're providing essential services to help directors and their families who are suffering economic and health struggles due to COVID-19. If you'd like to join us in this effort, just visit dramalee.org and click Donate or become a member. We'd love to have you as part of the Drama League family. Thanks for listening. And now enjoy Hashtag Collaboration. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the digital series. I'm Nylan, the Associate Artist Director, and I'm here with two of... I have to say my favorite artists doing it out there right now. Um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First up, the director. Hi, I'm Rachel Gita Karp. I am a creator director and specifically a creator director of um, a show about gerrymandering, packing and cracking that's been developed at the Drama League. Yes. And then the brilliant designer. Hello, uh, I'm Joseph Amodi and I am uh, a new media artist theater designer, an activist, and a professor of immersive media at Chatham University. And I am the co-creator and designer, Packing and Cracking. Yes. So we're talking, okay, so we just said the title, Packing and Cracking, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would think of that as uh, stuffing um, styrofoam peanuts in a box, maybe. <laughs> so, like, tell tell me, tell tell us um, what is packing and cracking? Yeah. So, packing and cracking as terms, they're two methods of gerrymandering, which is um, when politicians essentially choose their voters instead of voters choosing their politicians. It's when politicians draw political district maps to help themselves instead of putting their constituents first. And so that is what our show is about. Yeah, and those two terms are two of the most common ways that gerrymandering happens. Packing kind of sounds like what it sounds like. You put all voters of one type into one uh, small grouped area to sort of dilute their ability to have any effect in surrounding areas. And cracking, yeah. it's where you like split uh, any type of group so that they have no power at all when it comes to voting. Yeah, so packing will be like a certain type that politicians want to disenfranchise, like overwhelmingly win that district, um, and then they can't win others, and then cracking is like there's just never enough of them to win a district. And they can be used in co combinations, so you might like crack in one area, and then so you can crack in other areas. Yeah, and it's basically just like a wheezy, like meta-political method of voter suppression yeah. at the end of the day. Which... Um... I mean, with the election coming around the corner, I, I'm one, I'm sure this is uh, a practice still um, um, in existence, unfortunately. Um, and then also it's it's a uh, it's been happening for so many years. Right. I mean, like a part of this yeah. a part of part of you all coming to this project, I, I believe, is that 
it's it's how do you put a face to something that's happening across such a large um, um, population and landmass, right? Yeah. It's not something that you just see when you walk outside your door. And I, what I love about this project, though, is is you made it as easy. I felt like when I talk about the show, I was like, have you ever gone to kindergarten? And um, <laughs> When you walk in, you don't know anybody. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, when your mom goes, how was your day? You're like, I have 10 new friends. <laughs> um, I drew uh, a, a, a Homer Simpson state square over Texas. And and now I know what yeah. um, gerrymandering is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and, it's, and I know I'm simplifying it, but I think uh, how quickly you build community, how quickly you uh, teach um, your audience what gerrymandering is and 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 how you put a face to it so quickly is really 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 important yeah thanks i think i think that was actually a really good description of what we try to do <laughs> i don't think you are simplifying it at all um and to some of the early things like gerrymandering is something that's happened basically since the country started it was like 1700s politicians were right on it trying to uh, value themselves and make sure that they stayed in power instead of people who were their rivals that's um there are lots of different types of gerrymandering but that kind of like incumbent protection or like trying to maintain your seat is one um and today it's uh Today is often thought of as a partisan issue, um, but we always like to really emphasize that everyone does it, just like everyone's been doing it for so long of various parties, but um, Republicans do it, Democrats do it, basically as long as politicians can draw their own political districts, they're going to figure out how to help themselves, is what history has shown, at least. So, okay, take me back. Like, how did the both of you decide this is what we're going to do? Like, what was the, uh, the, the spark that got you two together to chase this? Yeah. Um, I first learned about gerrymandering in 2017 when there was this Supreme Court case, Gill v. Whitford, uh, that people thought would maybe change how districts were drawn in the country. That actually didn't happen, the Supreme Court People say they like punted on the issue. Um, But there was a decent amount of coverage in the press because of it, because people thought it really might bring change. And I was just struck by how uh, deeply problematic the whole thing was. Like, I I just had no idea that was happening, Um, that like my vote really didn't count because of what the people who were voted in through these unfair means were doing. And um, I like to make work about stuff like that. Like I'll learn something about our country that doesn't make sense. Either that's some something that happened in the past that's really surprising or some truth about today that just doesn't compute. And um, especially something that feels really complicated. There's like a reason why the general public doesn't understand it. And then I'll like spend a really long time researching it and then trying to figure out a super accessible way for audiences to engage with it so that they can learn and have fun and also hopefully like uh, change what the situation is. Uh, And pretty soon after I learned about gerrymandering and thought I should make something about it, I wanted to work with Joseph on it because I knew that Joseph was also working at uh, in the intersection of like politics and art and also um, had had some personal experience with gerrymandering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
I grew up in North Carolina and then have lived for a while now in Pennsylvania, two of the most gerrymandered states in the country these days. But I first learned about gerrymandering when I was uh, living in North Carolina and an undergrad at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill sometime after 2012. And uh, I noticed there were all these funding cuts to the university, and I was like, what's going on? Why is this happening? And eventually I find out that uh, like the state house and legislatures for both had Republican supermajorities, um, meaning like that they had more than a two-thirds of a majority in both the state house and the state senate. Uh, so that way they could override any governor's veto. So there was a real loss in checks and balances in the government. And one of their priorities at the time was cutting funding to the large public universities. That is one of the things that make our state so great. Um, but so this was really weird because North Carolina is a very purple state. You know, it's like always up there in the battleground news feeds everywhere. Uh, and so when I, as I kept looking into this, being like, how could this happen? It was like, oh, these maps have been drawn to be incredibly gerrymandered. And like this would lead to all sorts of extreme policies from like 2012 to today that have been coming out of North Carolina. Uh, so, yeah, I've been dealing with gerrymandering for a long time and was just ecstatic to like get a chance to work on a project that would grapple these realities and try and prevent them in the future. So. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm, you know, technology, we do love you. I'm looking like Gilfie Whitford is, is not an old case. Um, yeah. It was argued in 2017 and decided mm -hmm. in 2018. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so, so fresh. <laughs> that yeah. is still open there. And there are these two other more recent Supreme Court cases in 2019 where the Supreme Court um, actually did decide. And in a 5-4 decision, they decided that... Um, they could not weigh in on partisan gerrymandering at the federal level. So they basically eliminated the ability to challenge in that way. There's still a lot of, you can do it at a state level based on state constitution. So North Carolina has and Pennsylvania have both had success with that and getting maps redrawn. But um, the five conservative members of our Supreme Court decided that that was not for them. Um, and, and to be clear, this was a ruling that like, you know, for the past like many decades, like the like the federal court has Supreme Court has been like sort of punting on gerrymandering. They're like, oh, we don't know what would be a fair standard, so we'll keep pushing it away. And so in 2019, when they ruled that actually the federal court can't do anything about it forever, it was just a huge break with precedent and like really sort of cut off the avenue for reform at the federal um, judicial level. Um, it's actually yeah. No, I'm. I'm Go for it. No, like Elena Kagan's dissent is like real strong. If you want to read about yeah. that, um, because she's basically like the people have given you like many different uh, metrics you can use to decide what's fair, or what's not. The cases that we're looking at, they're obviously unfair. We don't really even like necessarily need like a mathematical situation to figure out if they're fair or not. Um, and then like one of the things in the majority opinion was like, well, this can happen on the state level through like referendums and like the public can change the way maps are drawn. But that is not true in every state. Like not every state allows that kind of change to their system. And um, particularly in the Southern states, there's not the ability for, um, what are they called? For voter referendums. There's, they're not constitutionally granted and there's no way the sort of gerrymandered majorities are going to change <laughs> uh, their own situation to make their power go away. It's really yeah. happened. Yeah, it's really hard to get politicians themselves to say that they're not going to keep 
doing this, that they're like, because there's like a lot of attempts at legislative reform and it, it has happened in some states, usually because of these referenda. Um, but for, you know, a party that's in power, they're like, well, we're in power. So why would we like change the way that we get to draw maps so that we might not be in power in the future? Sometimes there's a little bit more success if, if a party thinks that they're maybe about to lose power, they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe now like this is the time to make sure that like we don't get screwed over the way that we just screwed everyone else over. But it still doesn't happen very much. Oh, I love I love uh, the way that you all are talking about it as 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 a tool that these uh, I'm going to say people of power. I'm guessing they're politicians, but I just want I just want with what to come across that they are wielding big old swords of power. Yeah. And so the tool not to lose is 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 to redraw these districts. And they redraw it, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, on, on, on various conditions. Sometimes it's it's race saying that we need that we need yeah. this many black voters or Latin mm-hmm. voters, et cetera, to do this. Or mm-hmm. or it may be class. Everybody mm-hmm. here has makes a certain amount of money. Um, maybe a candidates of age, because we know these people go to vote versus these people. I mean it's 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 uh, uh, it's 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 a pick and choose, you know, bag of, of what do you need on the moment, mm-hmm. um, and and um, it's crazy that it's so um, the way you talk about it that it's so uh, it's 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 already in the system and, and right in their faces, but they don't have any uh, moral um, um, reckonings <laughs> about how they use it. Yeah, it's no. interesting. Um, even just looking in North Carolina. So we've interviewed a ton of reform groups in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. And one of the groups we spent some time talking to is uh, Common Cause North Carolina. And it's something like a decade ago, they brought a case with a certain politician against maps that were drawn. And then the parties in power switched. And so then more recently, their case is like against that same politician. Yeah, so Common Cause is like a a nonpartisan good government yeah. group, meaning like they try to affect structural government reforms that are like aimed at fairness. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So from 2000 to 2010, job. they were like, you know, lock and step sort of like working with the Republicans to like make these, like to try and get these reforms to happen. And then right at 2010, when Republicans won a big, uh, had a big election year, they were like, oh, great, we're going to like be able to like pass reform now. And then actually they were like, actually, Common Cause, thanks for working with us for the past <laughs> decade. We're just going to totally use these new computer technologies to like hella gerrymander these maps. And then for the in the in the years since, Common Cause has been working with the Democrats to sort of like try and pass yeah. reform. And there'll, and there'll be a few people who always like break with their party and join. So there are like a few standouts, not mm-hmm. to like totally disparage the whole party, but in general, that's what happens. Um, and the other thing you, you touched on, Nylan, is the, the the wealth of data that people have. Um, and Joseph, as the tech person, knows a little bit more about this. But a big change in 2010 between before, um, from all the times redistricting had happened in the past was that there were these really, like, it was like the confluence of this idea around how to draw districts and big data, and especially this program called Maptitude, for redistricting where you could people could draw maps and they could go down to like 
a street level and be like, okay, the demographics of this person or these people in this one house, we need to put in one district. And like the house on either side of them, actually, we should put in this other district. So they could. Oh my God, it was getting as nitpicky as that? Uh Yeah. And and they have all this information from, you know, they know what party you are, they know sort of like what, like level of income you make, Mm -hmm. they know what your like education level is. So they can like, then all those they use to sort of like, determine, determine uh, how you might vote. And even worse than that, in 2000, not only could they get that specific with the data, but they also used like sort of algorithmic modeling to sort of predict where people would move over the decade, so that they could make their majorities like like future-proof. Yeah. So there's this thing called a dummy mander, which is when <laughs> someone tries to gerrymander, but you only redistrict once every 10 years, unless a court or something else happens and, and you, you're required to. But you really only redistrict once every, uh, you know, it, well, we're going to do it next year, every year following the census. And um, so there would be these things, dummy manders, where people would redistrict in a certain way or gerrymander in a certain way, but then, like, over the decade, populations would move, and then, like, the gerrymander they put in place didn't work anymore. But because of this technology, they could prevent that and make the gerrymanders, like, much more persistent and, and effective. Mm, mm, there's so much to unpack. One, every year after the census, right? So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the census is, is this, this wealth of information that, that usually... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very careful with my words, but it's usually used to help um, 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 uh, distribute funds yeah. um, to, to, to the township, to the city, to the state. Um, um, and, and you just think of something for good, mm-hmm. how it is in someone else's hands and it's being used um, um, for such a selfish purpose. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to shift a little bit. So, um, Wait, can I get a plug in here? Oh, please. Uh, please fill out the census. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, they, the data they use to redistrict this, the census is still super important to fill out, and they get it sort of somewhat anonymized. So the, the, the house-level information they have does not come from the census. So yeah. it's, it's like pl- the census is still like, you know, people are going to use data nefariously, but the census data, like, it's still you should still really fill out the census to get the resources of communities yeah. you live in. It's really like the additional data that, groups can get it to supplement the census that allows for this sort of like the systemic targeting. Um, it's super important to know how many people live where so that, you know, like a state has the right number of districts and the right number of congressional districts and, you know, is fairly represented in, in Congress. So New York is not doing a great job with filling out the census right now. It might change, but right now you have until September 30th, so please fill it out. Hands down, and we'll put that link inside uh, uh, the description great. for uh, great, this great. episode for sure. Yeah. And you're right; we should definitely fill this in. But gosh, people will be people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I want to switch a little bit. So, um, the the this 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 pandemic that we're in, um, I think. Um, g- gave everybody a chance to one sit right and and and. Um, I think uh, pull back a veil um, in terms of what was happening with the world. I think I think at large we've been so conscious, which I'm happy about. Like people are conscious um, of what is happening in the world. But I think that's starting to birth a lot of um, what I called um, artivist um, these um, artists who are realizing that their art um, can 
possibly align with their um, um, civic duties and become activists. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I mean, on meeting you and on meeting this project, I, I as so, let me back up as someone whose art always um, um, has a, a, a civic responsibility, um, and I've been making these type of projects for years and years or before. Um, I was really um, excited about how your artist brains looked at what I think a lot of people would see as just black and white, and then it would just bleed the gray and they wouldn't see anything um, interesting as, uh, and be curious about it. So how did you take, you, you come to terms that you want to make a project about gerrymandering. <laughs> you come to terms that, okay, these are the people I want to work with. And like, what was the process of, 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 of I'm going to say, what was the process of making it where an audience could be interested in it? And what was the process of you your artistic sentiments going, this is what we pull out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was deciding to do it through games. And Joseph brought that in with this critical game theory, if you want to talk about yeah. that. There's this, um, there's this uh, game maker, game theorist, Mary Flanagan, who has this idea about uh, critical play, which is this idea that game spaces are these places where you can like rehearse social norms and future social structures. And so I got really excited about that idea, you know, and particularly when dealing with something that's so connected with politics, you don't, you know, people are rarely easy sort of like lock into sort of wherever their beliefs are, but sort of through gameplay, there's the chance for the renegotiation and the sort of like community building to happen to sort of potentially and hopefully have a, be able to have a conversation about these things. And that's also like, and so that sort of this idea about critical play is sort of grounded in this like social psychology research about sort of trust and the relationship to sort of like in groups and out groups. And so we think about like how to create sort of like little districts uh, within our show so that people can like teach each other and communicate with each other. And, you know, and a lot of that starts by like the, the first couple of games, they're not about politics. They're about maps and lines and sort of like putting person personal meaning onto a map and thinking about that. And then we take that sort of understanding and connect it to the larger sort of uh, structures of gerrymandering. Yeah. And in line with that, you know, once we decided we were going to play games and teach through games, it was really like, well, how do we scaffold the lessons? And it like Joseph and I both, well, Joseph is a professor now, and like we both have had backgrounds in, in teaching and, and it, it's really like, what are the things you have to put down and then build upon so that we do sort of make people think about it all in a different way. And we also do really center the people in the room and their experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I contest that that's exactly what you do. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to read this quick quote that I just found from Mary Flanagan, who I, I, I will say this is my first time coming um, to her work. Um, this book, she has critical play, radical game design. And this goes for players, games are entertainment, diversion, relaxation, fantasy. But what if certain games were something more than this, providing not only outlets for entertainment, but amends for creative expression, instruments for conceptual thinking or tools of social change? That screams artist 101 for me, right? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what, exactly what, what artists are, are, are trained to think and use play um, mm-hmm. radically as. And, and I, oh my gosh, just 
how how <laughs> that's a connection of, of how to how to take this um, um, very uh, calculating and 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 and, and uh, to me right now dystopian information because I just see the world <laughs> like that um, and make it happen. Um, okay, um, your this 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 this. Can you talk a little bit about what the live experience is a little bit more? Um, I like I can give my opinion of it, but I would love to hear it from your mouth. Right. So <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's been different things because of the changes that's happened in the world. Um, but yeah. So yeah, yeah you got an in-person and, yeah. and, and, and a fully yeah. online version now. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it started out as this, um, it started out as this like experience where people sit around a table with each other and they pass markers and papers and maps and they're drawing and they're making all these materials and they're getting hung up on the wall and in between these sort of paper-based drawing games you're watching these interview clips from primary sources of uh advocates and politicians that we interviewed in our research and sort of like learning and teaching each other um and so like the sort of like we used to rely a lot on sort of that sort of like in-person connectiveness to make the sense of community that allowed for like the information to be retained and dialogue to be possible uh, so that like really all had to change when we, um, in March, we were in rehearsing for uh, LPAC's uh, Rough Draft Festival when the world shut down. Um, and, you know, the timelines for uh, map redrawing hasn't really changed that much. So it was like, well, we still, have, which, which, which we do, we have to figure out a way to do this. And LPAC was super supportive and like, like helped us, like uh, helped supported us in presenting like rapidly developing and presenting an online version. Um, and so that was a totally different thing. So now it's, it's, it's similar in a way we all sit around a zoom table and we like go in and out of rooms talking to each other. We use collaborative drawing software. That's very easy to use. And we like very much teach people how to use so we can play some of these games. And now it also affords us the opportunity to like actually use digital maps in a way that we weren't able to before. So it's like, uh, like Google Maps is probably one or whatever map app of your choice you use is how people often now encounter maps. So we can like bring that into it in a way that's like much more personalized to where you decide as an audience member slash participant to look and engage with. And so it's it's changed because the format has changed, but it's um, the sort of like the, the goal of the dramatic goal of trying to create community to like raise like awareness and encourage action about around gerrymandering is still the same. Yeah. I think in some ways it's allowed us to get a lot more specific and local. So like, you know, you have an audience of 40 people. It's like the, the experience is like, we all say our names, we all get to know each other. It's very personal, but now online you can like enter your address and see if you live in a district that looks like it makes sense to you. Um, and that's like a game that we've added, uh, in the digital version and especially in the version we're doing in September through the Philly fringe. And, um, like I looked at my district in New York and, I, which is a state that I didn't think would be like particularly gerrymandered, but the district is just like, what, what is this? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Um, and we want other people to be able to have that experience because it's one thing you know, like, I think, like, 
feel like when you feel personally affected is when you're going to do something about it. And this lets us really achieve that in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's so important that you said that you looked up where you are now in New York. I mean, I'm in New York city too. And one, I have not done that, but my brain and instincts were just that I trust you, New York. Like, yeah. I trust you to be better. Right. <laughs> Please be better. <laughs> oh, and, my gosh. And drawing districts is really hard. And we talked to this really amazing lawyer, um, Ben Geffen, at the Public Interest Law Center, who's uh, led a lot of the uh, legal fights in Pennsylvania. And um, he's like, there's no one one right way to draw a map. Like, you have competing interests and and you have to decide what to prioritize. So like maybe there's a reason why I live in Carroll Gardens and my district like snakes up uh, like the edge of Brooklyn and into Manhattan and then like over towards Long Island. But when I'm just looking at it, like I don't I don't know. Like I, that is not who I would think would make sense to be grouped with to be represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk? Oh, well, go for it. You yeah. got something else to say? Yeah, and I think that's something that we also try to sort of communicate. Like, you know, you can look at Pennsylvania and North Carolina and be like, wow, that is extremely messed up. Like, very clearly unfair. Like the shapes are just like... The shapes are so weird. Like, there's no way that that's possibly, like, not, like, gerrymandered for some really very specific purpose. But, but it actually, like, you know, happens in less visible ways all over the country, you know? It particularly, like... And it's also just like people don't know as much about like what are the lines in their communities. You know, there are all these invisible lines and we want to help make them visible. Like what are the lines that set up school districts? You know, that, like what are the lines that set up policing zones? You know, like these are all very powerful and important lines. And like, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, you can't, you, you'll, you'll cross them every day multiple times, but you'll never, you might not actually be aware that you're stepping in and out of these boundaries or know how they were created and what their relationship to power is. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't know about the listeners, but I'm definitely in a, in a space of how uh, useful that knowledge is right now. I mean, police reform is definitely on the plate for this election, right? And um, just thinking about what those lines look like of, of, of uh, a community, a city, and you see these areas are highly um, 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 surveyed or policed for a lack of a better adjective there <laughs> um, um, and versus these other areas and, and the questioning why and how much power and you're, you're, you're on the money with it, Rachel. Like once you know is when you feel personally invested and you want to do something about it. Um, and one, just thank you all for that work. Um, um, why I, I'm interested, why the drama lakes interest so much because it's, 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 it's 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 uh, a deeply needed work, and um, and and but I have to say that I hope it's really rewarding work. I mean, you get to see people in real time exit exit their your your theatrical space um, educated, um, and and that's a gift. Yeah, there's this one game we play. It's like a very simplified version of gerrymandering. Um, that we adapted from this group, Draw the Lines PA, which we work with. They do a lot of reform in Pennsylvania. And you just like redistrict orange and green circles. 
Um, and it that's always like this light bulb moment for audiences of like, oh, it's like really easy to do this. <laughs> like, it's really easy to have like more green circles and orange circles, but to draw the line so that orange would win like every district. Um, and that kind of is really rewarding to see. Yeah. One of our, we, and so one of the people we interviewed from Draw the Lines, Rachel Kolker, sort of like w would go on to say that like we're in a civics education crisis, referring to the mm. fact that, you know, in our like educational system, you know, we don't learn about the details of how these, it's different where, depending on where you are, but we don't learn the details that really like of how this happens and sort of the extent and why it happens. And so, yeah, I mean, education is like really rewarding and in a time where like, uh, like where education policy has become so politicized, like I think it's also like a radical act to try and provide education that the state is leaving out to people and personally rewarding, like, you know, like, like, like Rachel was saying, like in that, in that one game specifically, it's, you know, sort of halfway through the show, it really like seeing people be like, what, what? Like it really, like, like, it's like, it's, it's a visceral, you know, it's such a visceral reaction. And it's like, that's like, that's, I'm always happy to do that. Basically. Mm. Mm. Well, again, big thank you for this work. <laughs> okay, thinking ahead, like in the future, like what are the, what are the hopes for this um, um, project? Like, how do you think uh, you would like for it to live on? We have you a lot of different uh, ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish the audience could see your faces. <laughs> so. We're doing it um, in, in later at the end of this month through the Philadelphia Fringe Festival. We're really excited to do it. Uh, we're doing our Pennsylvania version, like through a Pennsylvania venue for the first time, and hopefully we'll really like get the people who most who like will most feel it. Though there are like ways for people anywhere to engage and understand, and we make a big deal about like no matter what state you live in, like what happens in one state affects you. Uh, and then we're doing it, our North Carolina version, um, at UNC Chapel Hill's process series in October. So like that, that's great. We like came up with this, uh, re a really ambitious goal of bringing it to every congressional district in Pennsylvania and North Carolina over the next few months and like partnering with some combination of like arts and civics organizations in each district and making it like super like hyper local in that way um and we're sort of in talks with some people to see if we're gonna get money to do that <laughs> uh as of the past couple of days um and there are different ways it could happen like we now that we have the online version this may be easier to achieve that or maybe we could like to go and work with them in a socially distanced way or there's a whole other version in which we like Right now, the project lives in, as a script and as like a written script that people say, and also like a visual script that Joseph like cues through during the show. But we've all like for a while, it's been like, well, we could just make it a game, like we could make it a series of games that are like based in instruction and that don't need the same level of like us facilitating, uh, and maybe could send that out much more broadly so that people could just play and experience it on their own. That and, and I will pitch for you, that I believe that uh, 
um, especially um, um, regional theaters and community theaters who whose direct responsibility is to the audience that they're in the neighborhood with. It's it's not uh, Chicago or L.A. or New York where the, the city at large is the audience. But but I think how amazing it would be to program this type of experience for your audience um, and and check all the boxes um, um, of, of taking care of your audience, of, of caring about your community's education mm-hmm. um, and and really um, being in conversation about with them about what does your home actually look like? Um, so like wink, wink to um, all the producers out there. Um, um, you should get on this. Um, I'm really serious. I, I, I mean, I would in a heartbeat have you all come on now. Um, and you can find I, out some more. <laughs> and you can go to our website, packingcracking.com to see more information about this and where we're going to be. And to contact us. Mm, <laughs> yes, there we go. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, no, because this is like really important work that's like, you know, it needs to happen in like Asheville, North Carolina, where the city's split in half, Greensboro, where the city's split in half, Wilson, North Carolina, where it's like all, you know, grouped together, like, you know, it, every, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're, not, they're not split in half at the moment in the same way because of all these court cases, like so many court cases in North Carolina over the past decade. But again, the processes are the same even though like maybe certain judicial decisions will like make people think about have to like consider different things like there's no guarantee there's no there should be no thinking that anything's gonna be different next time unless we're all like really aware and on it and demand it yeah like these court cases took years and years and they eventually resulted in the maps being redrawn but being redrawn in like the late 2010s you know the late 2000 teens so like you had many, many years of super unfair maps. And then like next year when they're redrawn, the, they only invalidated those maps. So like the, the rules haven't changed since they were done poorly. And it could just be like another series of years and years of unfair maps until the legal system is able to like be like, oh, that's really, that's illegal and unfair. And we like would, you know, want people to be aware and pay attention to their maps. So that way we don't have to live under uh, like an even furtherly, an, an even, f- so that way we don't have to live under an even like oppressive thumb. Oppre- yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. With like more voter suppression and more policies being passed that no one actually want or agree with. We're not no one, but that the majority of the communities don't. Absolutely. And, and first off, everybody, there's an opportunity to experience this play in the flesh um, from the comforts of your home, um, and it's coming up very soon. Will you uh, tell us more about um, um, the the packing, cracking, and um, the Philadelphia French Festival? Yeah, we're doing three performances on Wednesday the twenty third, Sunday the twenty seventh, and Wednesday the thirtieth. Um, one more time for them. Say all those dates Wednesday, one more time. September twenty third at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. Sunday, September twenty seventh at five p.m. And Wednesday, September 30th at 7 p.m. We try to program them at kind of like interactive, friendly times. So like maybe in the middle of of the week, you want to play like an hour of games with us, but you probably don't want to do that on like a Friday or Saturday night is what we found Um, based on some past experimenting with that. Um, Yeah, and um, 
we play it through Zoom, but it's uh, we try to make that super creative um, so that it's not just like all the meetings that you go to that you are so sick of by this many months of the pandemic. So we have like both like a Zoom interface just so that we can all see each other and talk to each other and also like a custom uh, game interface that we are currently developing. And, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> and we're really excited. Like, so we, we, we made a sort of initial digital version in April and, you know, that was sort of like in the heat of like panic of like everything, the world falling apart. Like I, you know, I got stuck in New York for a while and we sort of like, just quickly, like just the two of us put together, yeah. like built a digital version and ran all the tech and performed in it and like pr produced it and did all these things. So this time we're like really excited. We have a team that we're working with. We have two other um, facilitators who will help run it. Uh, and we have a sort of performance website designer who's helping us build a sort of like smoother and more engaging and fun way to play the games. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a stage manager. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be it's. All so, the things that like we would have had in person that just like in this quick newer unknown, you know, we just have to rethink. So our stage manager is probably gonna like just let you know help people if they don't under understand how to do something. Like it's a really different skill set, but um our guy's great, so it's okay. No, I I I I, I... Well, one, everybody go see this. I will be there. Um, and maybe I can bring along um, Kaylin, who's in the, the, the rafters for us on this recording and get here to come with me to that. Um, um, and, and two, um, uh, I love I love what you just said about the times that you chosen because it made me think of like, it's Friday night. What do I want to do? Hey. Want to go? Want to go play some gerrymandering games with me? That is like the most appealing. But yeah. but I think I think. But I will say I think it's worth on a Friday night because I've been through it already, and I'm like, <laughs> if that's a first date, trust me, you're getting a second. <laughs> like it's, it's it's a good experience. And then um, uh, uh, three, I I I want to express um, um, a big thank you on behalf of the Drama League for for uh share allowing us to be a, a part even a, a fragment of the development of this project um and um i i am overjoyed that you all are running and running during a time where uh, i think creativity is going to heal us as artists i think uh, artists right now we're, we're we're pulling our hair out <laughs> um but i think uh um, what they, no one can take away from us is the spark of creativity. It's just dreaming and being curious and you're, you're making space for artists to have those jobs to do that. And I, I'm so happy that you have that team with you. Um, we're about to head out. Um, is there anything last that you, um, you want to tell everybody about packing and cracking? Oh, I just want to say like, the show wouldn't really exist without the drama league. So you, you played a huge part in it. Like the way that the thing that really pushed me to be like, Hey, Joseph, do you want to make this was like, I wanted to apply for one of your residencies. <laughs> so, um, and we're glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it happened. And, and like, also then we had to like make a bunch of decisions pretty fast, which is, uh, can be really great in theater and, uh, what we, and it was like the, 
the whole ethos of the residency was like, just try something out. Like there was so such low pressure of like having anything polished. And so it let us really like, just be like, okay, we want to do this and we're going to figure out how to do it and we're going to do it. And then it was, it, a lot of it was really great. Um, so I just wanted to more greatly center your role and everything <laughs> because it really means a lot. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, everybody, go see Packing and Cracking. The link um, to the production is in the description. Rachel and Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, uh, have a lovely day. Everyone stay safe and um, do the census and register to vote. Love everybody. Bye.